Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Connie, so I dug up a Ouija board, all right? Okay. And this ghost is allowing us to ask one question. One. One question. Okay. All right. So I was thinking, what does it think, like an honest review on our podcast? Okay, let's see. All right, put your hand on the, on the planchette. All right. Oh, my God. They're really chatty. Very chatty. Connie, quick, what is it saying? Actually, I have no clue. My eyes have been closed this entire time. I'm so scared right now. Mm, all right. Guess that's the end of that. All right, then. Well, goodbye. Goodbye. Disclaimer. Break out the popcorn does not fuck around with Ouija boards. And neither should you. Thank, Thank you. you. What's up, Colonel Gang? It's your boy, Rico, on the mosaic. No, I don't know why I did that. That was weird. <laughs> I love how much energy we start off these episodes I'm, with. I'm so excited. I'm no longer sick. Yeah, you're I'm no right. longer congested. I don't sound like I'm dying. It, it's, just, it's just a great feeling. Honestly. No allergies, no nothing. Honestly, I I understand, Granted, I have a great immune system, so I have no idea what that felt like. You were sick as fuck. Shut the fuck up, you liar. You are correct. <laughs> um, your boy's been working out. Have you noticed? Do my biceps look a little little sexier? Yeah. My wife hates me. Anyway, so we got stickers out. Yes, we have. And if you live in Houston or in a, on the north side and have been to a Kroger's or a Redbox, you probably haven't seen one. Because it's not us that's been vandalizing nope, shit. It's not us. It's, it's a fan. A fan. Reginald. Reginald yeah. has been, he Just, told he's us. He's been sticking them all over red boxes and, and and all over. Hiding them in Tarjays. Right. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Apparently, don't know. there's another fan that we have. Um, It's a girl. And she's sticking them on the Memorial Herman side. Or not Memorial side. The Memorial City side. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. It's wow. weird. It's well, crazy. Fans don't vandalize things. Yeah. Fans official statement by Break Out the Popcorn that we didn't do it. They're not endorsed by us, but if you would like a sticker. Stick them responsibly. If you would like one, please shoot us an email or a Instagram actually, DM actually, or Facebook uh, message. Rate our podcast and then hit us up and we will give you a free sticker. I'll mail it to you. Fuck yeah, it. fuck it. Even if you live in Beijing, I'll do it. What? You're going to say how Beijing? Many, People in Beijing don't get mail? How many stamps does that cost? I don't know. We'll but as long as it's under a dollar, I'll do it. I don't think it's under a dollar. 
well, then I might not do it to Beijing. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, leave us a review on iTunes. Nice little five-star review. Yeah. And then shoot us a message and say, hey, I want my free sticker, and I'll mail it to you. For sure. Care. For sure, for sure. Um, We watched a movie. We did. And it was a Conjuring. Conjuring number three. The devil made me do it. And how'd you feel about it? Just, um, in, ge- just in general, not a review. It was all right. Really? Yeah. I don't like it. No? No. Well, we'll get more into that um, during this episode. All right. And speaking of this episode, we are excited to talk about some more Conjuring news. So the Crooked Man is coming out soon. Is it? We don't know how soon. It's in production. It's in production. Okay, because I've tried finding information about it, and I really couldn't find much. I found out that they are in production. Don't know when it's coming out. Who knows? Maybe. Eventually. Someday. Someday. 2023, at least. That is going to be my most excited conjuring movie or the, the movie that i'm mo- most excited to see from the conjuring mm-hmm. because i grew up watching more creepy pastas than i probably should have in my entire life yeah you're not as wrong a child did you did you ever grow up listening no. to pastas? didn't you no. do it for like a little bit in high school not really no you used to read them yeah 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 on no sleep uh-huh yeah and so yeah i mean i listened to the crooked man and thought it was pretty cool so for them to tease it in the second conjuring film and now they're making a movie about it i'm pretty excited i um i would like to say that the conjuring movies have a very deep spot in my heart because we've actually watched every single one of them together no yeah we have i watched one of them by myself which one none of them too scared to do it exactly exactly (laughs) so we are going to be ranking these movies this yes, is an official yeah. ranked yes this is a ranked episode that hasn't been out and well we haven't had one in quite a while so true all right so do so you want to go right. ahead and get us started yes so at our number eight spot well there are eight movies duh just want to break that out to you <laughs> but this is the last one <laughs> but this is our we're going from least favorite two favorite okay conjuring. and is this on like a scariness scale or uh, kind of it was in the beginning and then yeah. it just started becoming like a which one's better i didn't like, like this movie cinematic universe better. yeah well much. i also want to say that we only have one list we collaborated on this list worked on it together because we're going to be giving you the short plot of these movies and it's just so much easier to have one list for them so that being said we're gonna go and break out into our number eight spot which is the curse of la sharona i mean Girona. sorry connie would you like to read the plot yeah for sure so this one came out in 2019 so it is one of the more recent ones mm-hmm. so short plot In 1973, a social worker is investigating the disappearance of her client's two children and finds them locked in a closet. Taking them to the police, despite their pleas to leave them in the safe closet, they both end up dead, having drowned in the river. The mother of the two boys claims that La Llorona murdered her children and, fueled by hatred for the social worker, prays that La Llorona would take her children away too. La Llorona starts terrorizing the social worker and her two children, leaving burn marks on all of their arms and attempting to drown the daughter. She seeks help from Father Perez which you'll meet in Annabelle, and he tells her about another priest who can help her get rid of La Llorona. He agrees and tries to protect them, but La Llorona attempts to drown the mother and her daughter in the pool that night. The mother and her two murder boys arrives. Sorry. The Did you m- say her murder boys? <laughs> I said the mother and her two murdered boys. No. The mo- <laughs> oh, they said the mother and the two <laughs> murder boys. I was like, oh, that sounds like a pretty cool band. 
leave me alone. <laughs> the mother of the two murdered boys arrives and then attempts to exchange the social worker's kids for her own, but soon comes to her senses and realizes, hey, this is actually pretty fucked up. So the social worker then stabs La Llorona in the chest with a cross made from a fire tree, the tree that grew by the river where La Llorona drowned her children, the only witnesses to her crime, and she is destroyed. That's the end of the movie. So that was that was very passionate of you. But it still landed at our lowest spot, tier eight. Uh, not tier eight, but eighth spot. I think we've told them like three times this one's it. Anyway. Last spot. <laughs> so La Llorona, Llorona is a Mexican folklore, and it wasn't even shot in Mexico. And it has a little bit of Mexican stuff, like traditions and superstitions and stuff. But that's about it. That's why it landed so low on our tiers, because, I mean... If you're going to make a Mexican folklore movie, why not shoot it in Mexico? Why not have an, a Mexican actress? That being said, they also had Linda Cardellini. That's her last name, right? I thought it was Card- Cardinelli. I don't know. That's that's how I read it whenever I wrote it go. Anyway, in it, and <laughs> while usually I'd never have a problem with her because, hey, Velma, you're looking good. It is Linda Cardellini. Is it Cardellini? Yeah, my brain just sometimes makes its own words. When it reads something and it sounds different. Wait, what did I say? You said it right. I said it right. What did you say? Cardinelli. Car- okay, cool, cool. But she was Velma. Yeah, she's we Velma. We can agree to that. Okay. Yes, 100%. So, <laughs> I loved her as Velma. Very wonderful actress, whatever. But at the end of the day, she is Italian and white. Why not have a Mexican mother go through this? Like... It would give the movie so much more authenticity had they gone with a Mexican woman or a Mexican actress and shot in Mexico. I mean, where it's actually taking place. Do you think because, well, yes, La Llorona is a Mexican folklore. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they didn't have it happening to a Mexican mother because she would have known this folklore already? Like the the mother with the boys that two of the boys that were murdered the mother and the murdered boys, anyways, um, she was Mexican, and she knew about it. That's why she locked them in that closet to keep them safe. I mean, still, it would have still given it like that that more authentic taste to it, even if it was like a gringa, right? Like a like a well, not a gringa because like she's San white, Antonio? but like. I mean, what I'm saying is like a more Americanized, what, like Hispanic What does your mom woman. say? Your mom told me the other day, she said, um, they're Chicanas. Yeah, like a Chicana that like, mm-hmm. you know, is more Americanized than like Hispanic. So she doesn't really understand what's going on. Or like she had to go visit family in Mexico. I don't know. Just make something up the same way they do with everything. But I mean, make it in a place where it's more authentic. And there are other Yorona movies that take place in Mexico and stuff oh, like there that. Are? Yeah. Oh. And that's what I would I would want. Mm. Especially something from like a big company, like yeah, I guess who is that Blumhouse that makes them? I actually do not know. Well, from the Conjuring universe, whoever does the Conjuring universe, I would James expect more. Wan, right? Wan, Wan, yeah. yeah. Um, something small I had that I didn't like. Mm. I, don't, I mean, I know that you also thought this was the daughter was fucking stupid through the whole movie. Yeah, it's like don't cross the barrier, my teddy bear. Don't do this, but she's calling me. Like, ma'am, don't like, look to strangers stop just, just sit your ass down put one of those like backpacks with like the leashes attached that's what to i was it. thinking too just put a leash on her mm-hmm. pull that bitch well, no the, the backpacks that have the leashes like not an actual leash leash I'd put a leash on her she needed a oh, leash Lord. dog 
<laughs> anyway, I'm just kidding. We do not support abuse of children. I swear. Um, and then the last thing that I had with him, Raymond fucking Cruz, or as everybody likes to know him, the third most famous Mexican gangster alongside Danny Trejo and Noel Guglielmi. You don't know who those are. It's okay. You didn't watch any Hispanic gangster movies or Training Day. Or I know who Danny Trejo is. Blood in and Blood Out. You know, you know Danny Trejo from Machete yeah. and Spy Kids. Okay. I was going to say the uncle from Spy Kids. Fuck yeah. Right. Everybody's favorite Mexican uncle, Danny yeah. Trejo. But everybody also knew him as a gangster. And Noel Guglielmi is in every fucking Hispanic gangster cholo movie. He's the bald head dude. Mm-hmm. And so what's your beef with him? Raymond Cruz? Yeah. He was Tuca in Breaking Bad. Oh, okay. And he was the one Hispanic gangster in Training Day. Okay, so really quick. It's like you're upset that Linda Cardellini is not Mexican. It's not Hispanic. But you're also upset that they cast Raymond Cruz. And he is Hispanic. It's not that. It's just we all know him as the Mexican meth head gangster. And then all of a sudden he's a priest. That's it, range, just, baby. I guess it was just awkward <laughs> knowing him as a meth head gangster, and then all of a sudden seeing him as a priest. Uh, sir, weren't you just addicted to methamphetamines? Right, right. Okay. All right. So, what is our number seven? So, our number seven is the nun, and I'm gonna let you read the plot. The and plot. Then I'll okay. read our. All right. So the nun actually came out right before. Um, I love your hair, by the way. I'm sorry, I didn't get to tell you this, thanks. but it's just so like wild and untamed, and I love it. This is freshly washed, no brush. No um, uh, dry shampoo? No dry shampoo. Freshly washed. Fresh hair. <laughs> so The Nun came out right before La Llorona in 2018. And it starts off in 1952 where a nun takes her life after a demon nun named Valak chases after her. After hearing about her suicide, which is the ultimate sin, the Vatican sends a man named Father Burke and a young novice nun to investigate. Like, she's almost a full-fledged nun, but she's, like, right before so after finding her body and the key she died clutching, they bury her and begin their investigation. As it turns out, the abbey had been built by a duke obsessed with the occult and summoned a demonic entity through a rift in the catacombs. Christian Knight sealed the rift with an artifact containing the blood of Jesus Christ, but the bombings during the Second World War had reopened the rift, unleashing the entity known as Valak. Theorizing that Valak can only be stopped if they seal the rift with the blood of Christ, they use the key to that you know the nun died holding to retrieve the vial with blood and fight valak sealing the rift and seemingly banishing valak unbeknownst to everyone valak has actually possessed the man that was helping father burke and the novice nun which is now she's a full-fledged nun so the end shows 20 years later carolyn perrin from the first conjuring which we'll get to watches it watches as ed and lorraine warren this is the first mention of them by the way show footage of their attempt to exercise a possessed man, the man that was helping Father Burke and the nun. In the footage, the man grabs Lorraine, giving her visions of Ed dying, which initiate the Warren's investigation into The Conjuring 2. Yes, and the man's name was Frenchie, by the way. I know. Actually, it was Maurice. Maurice, It was Maurice, but like they called him Frenchie. I didn't want to give too many names because there are so many plots right now. Right. Like, Well, it's just if you watch the first movie, they call him Frenchie. Yeah. And Maurice. And then, well, like, in Valet, or in The Nun, they in call the, him... In The Nun, they call him Frenchie, Frenchie. throughout the entire right. thing. But in The Conjuring, in the beginning, you hear him hear them uh, exercising a man named Maurice. Right. So, in the end of The Nun, where he's like, by the way, my name is Maurice, you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And then, like, I think he has, like, an upside-down cross on the back on of the his neck. On the back of his neck. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Valak hitchhiked 
on the back of his neck. Yeah, it's it's so <laughs> odd in all honesty. Doesn't make sense. It really okay. doesn't. Like the blood of Jesus Christ. Like they Where just she really... spits it into her mouth. Is she like they... wouldn't that have tainted everything? They really just they pushed the, the envelope. envelope too mm-hmm. far. Yeah. How do you say envelope? Envelope. I just said envelope, and you said envelope. Envelope. Yeah. Envelope. I said envelope. I'll say envelope. What's envelope? Pecan? Pecan? Pecan. Pecan. Caramel. 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 Aluminum foil. I say caramel. Really? Mm-hmm. I say caramel if it's a candy, mm-hmm. caramel if it's a flavor. Right. Like caramelized coffee, or do you have a caramel candy? Mm. I just, I don't know. I flip them. What do you, what do you call the thing Aluminium. You Aluminum. Aluminium. Aluminum foil. Aluminium foil. What do you call Walmart? Walmart. Okay. Wally World. We're not country then. Ah. Uh, Walmart. How do you do you say vitamins? Vitamins, yeah. I don't say vitamins. I say vitamins. Crown. Crown. To like color with. Crayon. Crown. Crayon. Crown. Crayon. Shrimp. Shrimp. Okay, because you used to say scrimp. Oh, I still do. That's what I mean. Playful. You and Ronnie both say scrimp. I say so scrimp weird. because I know it gets under your skin. Anyways, moving on to the non plot. <laughs> ADD moment. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and ranked, rank the nun. Um, rank? You know what I meant, bro. <laughs> it falls. We're going to ronk the nun. No, it's ranked. Okay. I, I wrote them different for each one. But nun falls in the seventh place. Only because the movie dragged way too long. It had the potential to be really good. It did. Like, whenever they showed all the trailers and shit, it looked good. And specific scenes, like, when they're they're constantly praying 24 hours, like, taking shifts praying. Right. And then they show that actually she's been the only one praying. Right. That had the potential. It's just... It all fell apart. A lot of it just started falling apart, right? So, like, nothing is really scary about the movie. Like, it always teases that something's going to happen. And then Valak is, like, right there, daunting and looming over Mm -hmm. everybody. And then, like, just disappears. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just blue balls throughout the whole movie. Yeah. A lot of um, genjutsu throughout the movie. Right. That's all Mm -hmm. I was going to say, too. A lot. (laughs) Now that you've watched a lot of Naruto and understand Genjutsu, a lot of the conjuring has a lot of Genjutsu in it. Yeah, which is just basically, it's making you see something that's not actually there. there. It's kind of like the Cruciatus curse. Right. Like, you think that it's there, you think it's hurting you, and then, like, two seconds later, you snap out of it, or somebody pulls you out of it, and it's like, like, nothing's been going on this whole time. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, it had a lot of that. It had a lot of uh, pump fake jump scares. Like I said, um, and then the movie teases us by giving us Tisa Far Fargima Far- Farmiga. Farmiga. Sorry, I always mess up her I name. I love her so much. Um, and she's like that nun esque character, the novice nun you were talking yes. about. Mm-hmm. But she's also the sister of Vera Farmiga, who is Lorraine. Who Warren. is Lorraine Warren? Exactly, and they never tie them together again. More blue balls. Okay. So my question, no, I just answered my own question. Never mind. What was the question? I was going to say, this takes place in 1952, but the Warrens exercised Maurice in the 70s. Right. I'm assuming. Or 60s. 60s. So I was like, wouldn't he have already been dead? But no, probably not. No. What if... No. What? I was going to say, what if the nun... What if... What if Valak is related to Lorraine? No, not Valak. Valak is a demon. How is Valak related Uh, to Lorraine? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I meant... 
Priest? No, um, Taysa. Taysa? Yeah, Farmiga. Farmiga, yeah. What about her? What if her character, Irene, that's what I was remembering, Irene is actually like Lorraine's mom? No, that wouldn't make any they sense. Wouldn't, they still didn't tie it together. They didn't. And see, that's my that's my problem with the nun. So the nun had so much promise because it came out after the second conjuring. It came out after all the other ones that like teased the nun character. And in all those movies, the nun actually seemed like, hey, fuck, like we do not want to fuck with Valak. We don't want to mess with Valak. Valak is somebody that should stay in that box or stay in the painting, some may say. And so whenever you see the nun, it's just kind of like a that's it (laughs) you didn't do shit the whole movie like you choked somebody out once or twice nothing else you made these creepy shadow clone nuns nothing else i don't know it just felt like a tease through the whole movie yeah it had a very like strong possible and like thing the nun is such a good fear demon you know what i mean yeah like the nun by itself when we saw it the littlest bit in the conjuring too like scarier than Ghidorah. honestly Oh, wow. did I get you to say scarier than Ghidorah? Did I do it? Did I, I made you do it. I made you say it. No, Ghidorah is still scarier. No, no, you're wrong. You're such a liar. I was reading an article. Sorry. <laughs> but again, that whole like she had the fucking apple of Eden with God's blood in it. And then she spit God's blood into some sexual porno of Valak's mouth. It just it just it wasn't good. And then I guess it kind of just helps the fact that Valak was able to get away because it tainted it with her spit. Because, I mean, you got to think, like, Jesus' blood should cast out any demon. But what if it was just random blood? That too. With holy water. I don't know. But I I think the nun is, I mean, you'll see some of these movies are, like, based on true events. The Mm -hmm. nun definitely isn't. No, 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 definitely not. But and that's Valak, like one of the like least scariest things too is like. But Valak is a real demon. The the theory, well, not the theory of Valak, but like. No, Valak itself is a real demon. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like based off a demon. No, it's been referenced multiple times throughout in different folklores. Oh. Yeah. Weird. Mm-hmm. I'll check that out. All right. So moving on, what is our number six? Our number six is going to be Annabelle creation in, and it was made in two thousand seventeen. All yeah, right. right. Yeah, you Sorry. got it. It's okay. I was trying to give it a little more hype. Anyway. Is it because you wrote Creations? Yeah. Okay. That's Over to you, Connie. All right. So our movie starts in 1943, where a couple loses their daughter named Annabelle. And out of grief, they accidentally summon a demon who masquerades as their daughter's spirit. Mm-hmm. The demon requests permission to transfer its essence into a porcelain doll and use it as a temporary vessel. And they accept, soon realizing that it's actually a demon, not their daughter. And they steal it away in a closet, which is actually like papered with bible verses and that shit made me so mad okay so 12 years later in 1955 the couple provide shelter to a nun and orphans after their orphanage closed one of the orphans unintentionally frees the annabelle doll and she begins torturing everyone in the home not the girl but the doll the doll yes (laughs) so the husband and wife end up being murdered by the demon and it's possessed it possesses one of the orphans the nun and the rest of the orphans leave the house, and the police soon arrive and take the Annabelle doll in as evidence. Mm-hmm. The possessed orphan escapes, relocates to another orphanage, and goes by the name Annabelle now. She's later being adopted by the neighbors in the first Annabelle, Annabelle movie, and 12 years later kills her adopted parents after forming a satanic cult. In the last scene, Which shows, is like the cult of the Rams, right? Yeah, something like okay. that. 
And the last scene shows the start of the very first Annabelle movie. Right. So here's why I got into number six spot. <laughs> so anybody who's religious should know that like holy water is usually able to stop like whatever. Holy water and belief, right? Or even a cross and belief. Why would you need to rip out pages of the Bible and glue it? Maybe for like extra protection. But that's the thing. If you have faith, you shouldn't have to do that. That just proves that they don't have faith. I mean, I guess it's also like a movie. And know? then like, why not just put like a chair propped up against the door handle and then like just have a Bible in the room? Look, I'm going to be so honest. If I if I had this demon doll, I would probably provide extra layers of security as well. I mean, I'm just saying like as a person who like actually is pretty religious, like. I mean, if I was them, I would have personally. Ed and Lorraine have it in a box. I would have personally, listen to me, built a little island on my yard, fucking put it in a box, all right, in a little wooden room with the Bibles lining the walls, okay, dug a moat around Mm -hmm. that thing, put new holy water in it every Mm -hmm. week, Mm -hmm. all right, and still had a, a priest come out and bless it. Okay, but see, the problem is, is that... Well, we'll get into that one later, and then you'll understand why I'm why none of that makes sense. But anyway, it just that was just annoying. Like I said, as somebody who's like religious, another thing is it's such an eye roll of a movie. I got so bored because like you have so many characters and you have so many people there, and like people will start screaming on one corner of like the street, and it's it's just an abandoned road, right? Nobody else hears them. Nobody else sees anything. Like, there's so many people there. Power in numbers. Nobody ever sees anything, hears anything, does anything. I think all the orphans see it and hear it. Right. But, like, there's one scene where the the girl... Right. But there's one scene where the girl's in a wheelchair screaming because a nun is pushing her into this, like, little barn door. And she's screaming bloody murder. And they are, like, 20 feet away from her. And just don't hear it. I don't know. It's just a lot of that, and that that irritated I mean, me whenever I was watching. Seems very like nitpicky. No, it's just, come on, realistically, if my mom starts screaming in the next room, but what if we should all, hear that? What if they're all under genjutsu? I guess mm. it doesn't like give that impression though. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it also disbelieves the whole Annabelle fears because apparently it isn't so much that a demon is in the doll. So much as a demon is chilling with the doll. I didn't get that vibe. Yeah. Like it shows like the, like it's constantly showing a demon outside of the doll. Mm. Like you'll see the eyes and the horns, but you won't see the actual demon shows up in like black mist and stuff around the doll. Okay. Yeah. And so like, it's like, you think this Annabelle doll is going to do something creepy, but it's really just a demon pulling the strings of the doll. It's kind of like a puppeteer. Okay. Uh, it was just kind of like, okay. I'm no longer scared of the doll. But anyway, uh, and then like, it gives you this whole like, you're supposed to feel sorry for the person who is like disabled. You know what I mean? It it does it in a in a like a distasteful way. It's kind of like close ups on her leg and oh she needs a special chair. But like the mom? No, the girl, the one that becomes a demon. You know she becomes disabled because of the demon. No, no, no. The, the orphan girl. Oh, okay, okay. 
the one that gets adopted at the end. I think her name was now Annabelle. Yeah, now Annabelle. Yeah, she had like a brace on her leg because she had polio. Oh yeah, and like I it recall. did it very distastefully. It's like, oh, she has polio. Oh, take care of her. Oh, she's so weak. Oh, she can't do this for herself. And then like oh. you see her walking around the whole fucking movie and doing shit like to the whole movie. Like mm. it was weird. Odd. I don't know. I just didn't. Mm. Something uh, about this movie just didn't sit right with you. Yeah, it was just so distasteful the whole way through. Like oh, I didn't care okay. for it. All right. I think the scariest thing in the movie was like the scarecrow. Oh. Mm, okay. Um. So our next one coming in at number five is The Conjuring: The Devil Made Me Do It, the new one, twenty twenty one. You're about to hear Rico's thorough review of this movie. So. Oh, but it's not going to be that thorough. Starting off with the plot. In 1981, Ed and Lorraine are documenting the exorcism of an eight-year-old boy attended by his parents, his sister, and his sister's boyfriend, and a priest. During the exorcism, the sister's boyfriend invites the demon into his body, trying to save the young boy. Ed watches the demon enter the boyfriend, but suffers a heart attack. So after recovering, he warns Lorraine, who then tells police only to discover that the boyfriend has murdered his landlord, having stabbed him 22 times while under the influence of demonic possession. Using this defense in court, an investigation into the young boy's possession is prompted. Finding a witch's totem that has a satanic curse placed upon it, the Warrens start looking for other cases with similar totems. They find another case, and during the investigation, Lorraine has a vision where she witnesses an occultist trying to have the boyfriend kill himself in prison. Realizing that they have to destroy the occultist's altar, they find it and save the boyfriend. Taking the cup from the destroyed altar, Ed places it in the room full of artifacts, along with the Valak painting and the Annabelle doll, and that is where our movie ends. And this is actually based upon a real case. Wait, he also finds the Annabelle doll? No, he took the cup from the destroyed altar. Ah, yes. And he put it in his room of artifacts. Yes, sorry. I'm sorry. My brain... (laughs) don't okay. Um, So here's why I came in at number five. (laughs) So this... I want to just go ahead and clear the air. This is where it goes from we didn't like it or I didn't like it or, you know, we both just agreed with where we stood with it. And it's more of like, I like it. It's just these are some problems I have, right? So this movie had a cool detective sense to it. Like it was no longer this whole like, let's search abandoned, or not abandoned, sorry. Let's search haunted houses. Let's do haunted houses cases. No, it was just like, let's take on a case that's happening and figure out what's going on. I don't necessarily think that it was a case that's already happening. I think it's because they were working on the exorcism of the young boy and then this so happened to follow it so they were like all right well now we have to prove right, it we to, to prove a higher court right that i'm sorry that's what i meant but it's just like i i preferred that over like let's continue fucking with this haunted house yeah because that don't that only gets you so far it dries out very right quickly. right like you can't just sit there and beat that horse you know the dead horse yeah you know, i don't like the terminology anyway but <laughs> i don't like the face you gave me either I was just going to say that it's kind of like the haunting in Connecticut and the... Right, the haunting of Hill yeah. House, haunting of this, haunting of that, yeah. It becomes so, becomes very... So I like the whole, like, intense. Batman detective thing, Batman right. and Robin. But, like, what I didn't like is that there was a lot of parts of the movie that was boring. So if you go back... So, I mean, it, just on your own time, YouTube, like, some of the things about the movie... So, for instance, like, there's scenes in the trailers that don't add up to what happened in the movie. Like, there's supposed to be a scene where Ed and Lorraine are both finding 
the uh, occultist lair, but then in the movie it's actually just Lorraine. So I feel like maybe there could have been something better. Um, there are deleted scenes that did not happen in the movie. There are post. There was actually supposed to be a post credit scene setting up for the next movie, and we didn't get any of those either. So I feel like this movie could have been a lot better than what it actually was. It's just we ended up getting something. Do you think it was a little bit rushed because everybody's trying to come out with their movies now? I think so. I mean, that definitely could have probably played something uh, with it. But like I said, I just wish that we got... It's kind of like this, the Zack Snyder film of Justice League versus like Justice League. We could have gotten a lot more from Conjuring 3 had they just let it play out. Yeah. Okay. Um, something else that I didn't like was that the villain in the movie was pretty fucking lame. Like, yeah, the like weird occultist lady. Right. So if they decided to make it a human, that would have been cool. If they decided to make it a demon, that would have been cool. But the fact that they made it a demon woman was very uncool. Are you opening your nerds right now? Because we didn't hear a it all. A demon crinkling. woman? Because, okay. That like, sounds very sexist. She... <laughs> No. So, go ahead. Pour your nerds out. Sorry. Pour your movie theater candy out. Oh, my God. ASMR, baby. There you go. We provide everything on this podcast. Anyway, so she promised the demon a soul in order for, I guess, powers. And No, she was in the Ram cult. Right, but she was also in, t- in cahoots with this demon because at the end, oh. you didn't watch the end. You fell asleep, huh? I did fall asleep, you're right. Yeah. Well, at the end, some shit happens. I don't want to ruin it. But it's just, it was so lame. And then, like I said, they cut out things in the movie. So it was supposed to show what demon was fucking around with that lady. But James Wan was like, I think it would have too many things going on. Let's not do that. And so he pulled that out. And they're like, okay, well, maybe we can do it like The Nun and give that demon its own movie. Yeah. But they don't know where they're landing with that. Okay. So that's just something I didn't like. It was just kind of like they could have separated the two mm-hmm. and I would have loved it because it was it's a little more uh, understandable. Mm-hmm. But for her to like be able to hit people with like pocket sand and put them under <laughs> a genjutsu of like, oh, you're trying to kill me. And it's like, no, you're actually about to kill your wife like that. It was just so cheesy. It was very insidious. Right. Very insidious. Very like. No, like the insidious movie. Right, okay. which uh, the guy who plays Ed Warren is also an insidious, yeah. which I would have loved if they tied that together, but they didn't no. do that either. It's because it's because the Warrens are real life people. Right, and insidious is fake, mm-hmm. which I understand. But um, what I was getting at was the movie just continuously makes it to where the good guys win. Like, again, Always. the whole blue balls effect of like, the villain's going to make it, the villain's going to kill somebody. No. No. Oh, the villain's going to get there. The villain's going to... No. No, again. So, I mean, you do see shit happen, but at the end of the day, good guys win. Always. So, I don't know. I just didn't like that either. And Mm -hmm. then, like, you had some really bad CGI moments. That's just about it. But other than that, it was a good watch. But it wasn't in your top four. No, definitely was not my top four. But we're about to get into my top four with number four coming in at Annabelle, baby. Although Annabelle, now that I think about it, it was kind of meh. Well, I mean, it wasn't too meh for top four? No. Okay. 
So this is the original Annabelle from 2014. The opening of this movie starts with two women, two women, 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 two women and a young man telling Ed and Lorraine Warren about their experience with a haunted doll named Annabelle. We then flash back to 1970 where a couple are expecting their first child and the husband buys his wife an expensive vintage doll to add to her collection. One night, their neighbors are murdered by their daughter, Annabelle, a member of a satanic cult. And as they're trying to help their neighbors, the cult members go to the couple's house, try to murder them, but end up dying. While Annabelle draws a satanic symbol and kills herself, she holds on to the wife's new doll, and her blood drips into the doll's eye. So, what movie are we calling back to? We are calling back to... Annabelle Creation. Right. Where we know that this was the orphan that was possessed that unleashed the original Annabelle doll. Mm -hmm. So, here's the thing to kind of a blip in this plot the doll some people when watching this movie because movie because it was first annabelle they thought that the blood dripping into the eye meant oh that's why the She's doll possessed. is possessed right but it's not actually it we learned that the doll has been possessed right so after this the doll becomes possessed which is what we think and mia so um the woman the pregnant woman determines that the evil presence wants a soul which is her newborn daughters calling in a priest father perez remember where is he from? The Conjuring. No. La Llorona. Well, he was... He connected La Llorona to the Conjuring verse by being in both movies as Father Perez. Oh, really? Yes. I thought he was in like one of the Conjuring movies as well. I don't think so. Um, he attempts to save them from the doll, but is injured in the process. He end up, ends up crashing his car, I think. Mm-hmm. So, in the end, another person... Oh, because he has a doll, right? He yeah, has he a doll takes, and he crashes. He takes the doll... No, no, no. Actually, I don't think... Does he crash? I can't remember. Um, he takes the doll uh, to a church where, like, it refuses to enter. It's blown back and he falls down the stairs, I think. Okay. Something like that. Anyways, in the end, another person sa- person sacrifices themselves to save the family from Annabelle. And the doll somehow ends up in a resale shop being bought by an unsuspecting mother for her daughter, who was one of the women in the beginning. The ending text says that Annabelle, the Annabelle doll resides in a case in the Warren's home and is blessed by a priest twice a month. That's sweet. They give her special treatment. Yeah, they do. Um, and because she's a beacon. Really quick, did you know that the real Annabelle doll, um, we're not going to get into the specifics just yet, but the real Annabelle doll has in fact killed somebody like after the Warrens took it. Okay, okay, okay. So I was doing a lot of research before we recorded because I mm-hmm. really wanted to be like top tier on this mm-hmm. but the annabelle doll has had technically two murders mm-hmm. after um the warrens took it the warrens took it so it one was a guy tapping and banging on the right case. so one was an unruly guest who came to the motel the museum the motel museum sorry and he ended up and getting kicked out well he was he was being very like rude yeah. the whole time he was there and, and then, then him he was and his like, girlfriend yeah, I don't laughing at it. Yeah. They're like, I don't think this is like, they didn't uh-huh. believe in any of it. And they were like tapping on other shit too, like messing uh-huh. with a lot of other shit. Yeah. And so then he went up to the Annabelle case, started laughing at Annabelle and you're not supposed to cross the line either. Uh-uh. So he was over there crossing it. He laughing, poking and tapping, like, out tapping on, the on the cage and shit. And so when he left or after they kicked them out, him and his they girlfriend got on the like motorcycle laughing and giggling right. about it. And he crashed his motorcycle. He grabbed his motorcycle around a tree. Mm hmm killing him and she survived mm-hmm. so that goes to show you who was really i don't think she was like was she laughing i don't know i really didn't see much about her i know that i when i, I didn't saw hear much it, about her either he crashed his motorcycle and he died right and then the second one i think was oh, i remember because i was watching it on the infographic channel info yeah infotainment infographic i don't remember I don't it's know. on youtube but the second one was a guy who was transporting it or something like that i forgot 
I don't know. I don't want to get that the info on him wrong because it's a real person who actually died. But long story short, the Annabelle doll has had two murders, mm-hmm. and they said that they could have just been coincidences. But they could have, you know. But are they? We're 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 not skeptics here. We mm-hmm. are skeptics. Mm-hmm. Wait, are we skeptics? Mm-hmm. Or are we not skeptics? I'm not a skeptic. Okay, so you don't believe? I'm a believer. I okay, that's believe what a skeptic is. All right, sorry, my brain. A, skep- not a skeptic is kind of like you kind of don't believe. Oh, then I'm a skeptic. Okay. Yeah, I kind of don't believe, but eh, maybe. I fully believe in paranormal. Really? Mm-hmm. It's like you believe in like Annabelle and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. There are demons in this world. I believe that. Exactly. I just don't think demons possess dolls. I don't, you don't, I don't see the demons need. Demons attach themselves to not to things. dolls. No, I don't see the need for it. Like why? It's an inanimate object. Why would you kind of like be- how ghosts when they die they they latch onto something that's keeping them in this world? A person usually. Not necessarily. Sometimes it's an item. I don't think I like the thing like, that killed them. I guess, like or, a knife that killed them. Or if a demon's like, "Hey, let me into your, let me into your home," and you're like, "Yeah, here you can come into this doll. That's fine." I don't know. I think it's more like of the house. I mean, I think. I guess it does technically attach itself to a house, but I mean, I think it's more of the people that live in the house because it's like no, haunting them. No, sometimes it's a just a well, place whenever in they leave the house and it follows the person that leaves. Not the house. always. Sometimes it's 90% just a house. of the time it follows. Are them. you telling me that ancient burial grounds for Are native you telling me that paranormal activity was not a real thing? For indigenous people? Are you calling Native Americans demons? No, but I'm saying their spirits haunt certain lands. I don't think they haunt them so much as like reside there. I mean, yeah, but when people fucking, you know, start We're getting very building, controversial. <laughs> no, when people start building, like, disturbing their burial grounds or resting places and, like, Are building... Are you trying to tell me that Poltergeist is a real thing? Fuck yeah. The movie? Maybe not the movie, but, like, 100%. They built it on that Indian burial ground and, like, the house got sucked in. Look, so much fucking shit happened to the set of that movie. I 100% believe that they... It's because they use real bones. I know. I 100% believe that they did some fucked up shit. I do too. I do too. That's it. But I don't think that it would possess like a doll or anything. Like, I mean, I think sense to me. sometimes there are certain demons that will just wreak havoc in any possible form that they can. Can we get back to the podcast? I mean, yeah, but possessing an innocent children's doll. A right. You know, there doll. is a beheaded T-Rex toy um, in the Warrens Museum. Really? It's haunted. How? I don't fucking know. I just saw it on BuzzFeed. Oh, all right. And they also have the like monkey symbol thing. Yeah. I really want that. I want one so bad. Okay. I know right. it's creepy and whatever, but I want one so bad. So let's tell, talk about why Annabelle is number four. Um, I really only had two things. So uh, it was only scary. So, okay. The reason why I ranked number four for me is because it was so fresh. You know what I mean? Like that wasn't something that we had a lot of. It wasn't something that like yeah was washed it was over pretty fresh yeah like demon doll fucking around killing people like actual story real thing but they didn't have the rights to the raggedy ann doll so instead of making it a raggedy ann doll they made it a porcelain doll because everybody knows porcelain dolls are creepy and connie had a whole bunch of them yes i know you're getting there i know you're getting there they're still fucking creepy they were watching you while you were asleep bought them for me they were watching me they were you know what during um, Tropical Storm Allison, mm-hmm. you know, like 2003, sure. 2001, right? Okay. We were in kindergarten. Anyways, um, I remember I had one that had a whole snow costume on. Mm-hmm. Its neck broke during that time. Like just the neck? Well, I mean, you couldn't see the rest of the body, but yeah. What? Because it was in a snowsuit. 
like so a polar did, bear outfit. So how did the neck break? Like it was wobbly. Oh, it's creepy. Anyways, it flooded, so that's probably haunting that house now. Yeah, probably. I live on Castledale. I'm so sorry. My cousin's grandma used to have porcelain dolls. The one that my aunt lives in now. That oh, house. Oh yeah. Yeah, that house used to have a shit ton of porcelain dolls. I used to love them. They were so pretty, but because you're a psycho, probably have a demon living inside of you. Fucking Naruto head ass. You're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> Gara head ass. <laughs> Look, fuck around and make a love tattooed on my forehead. It's like self-love. Exactly. Self-care. Self-love. <laughs> I love myself and Literally my demons. Gara now. <laughs> Live, laugh, demon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyways, there's no dolls in here. So let's no, fuck up. that. So um, that's just what I was saying. It's like, it's a doll movie. Like, we really didn't know what it was about. It was actually scary because it was so fresh. Um, and something that I didn't like was that it was hardly memorable. Like, I don't really remember what happened in the movie too, too, too much. I do remember the whole, like, little girl, big girl scene where, like, you see the little girl standing at the thing and then, like, all of a sudden you see the chick running towards it. That part was freaky as fuck. Mm -hmm. But I remember watching it specifically with you. Yeah. I remember we went to go watch it at Movie Tavern. I remember we went to go watch it with your sister there. Did we watch Annabelle or did we watch Annabelle Creation or we Annabelle watched Comes two, Home? I think we watched two or three of them with your sister. When did Annabelle come out? 2014? I guess. Hold on. Yeah, 2014. Okay. When did Annabelle Comes Home come out? No, we watched Annabelle Creation with my sister at no, Movie Tavern. You we know watched how? Annabelle too. Well, you know how I remember we oh. watched it? We watched Annabelle, I think, at AMC, but we watched Creation at Movie Tavern. We watched both because we might have watched it. Because remember, that was the only movie theater open after Hurricane Harvey. Yeah, and yeah. there was very limited food options. And then we got our tattoos right after, right, or before that. I think we after. got them like afterwards, yeah. either the next day or something. Yeah, I think it was the next day. Yeah, that was a mm -hmm. wild time for us. A lot mm -hmm. of sibling bonding. Well, if my dad didn't know about my tattoos, he does know now. Does he even listen to our podcast? No, he saw my TikToks and saw my tattoos. Oh, well. Yeah. well. Anyway, so, <laughs> um, yeah, like I said, so it wasn't memorable as a movie, but it was memorable watching it with you. So I know that, like, we were both scared in your sister's cold-blooded rept cold blooded reptilian person. Just fucking staring. Like. Yeah, she was just watching the movie and then looking at us like, can you fucking stop? Yeah. Y'all yeah. are laughing and y'all are, like, hiding in your shirts and being weird stop i also kind of like that i don't remember 100 percent about it because i can watch it over again and be scared right again. right granted i'd want to watch in like the game room with you oh yeah that'd be like dope. i love watching game room movies like Me horror too. movies we with need you to get a big screen tv not only that we need samsung? to get a better <laughs> samsung are you listening are you listening sponsor us we would love to paint our game room a black QLED. movie movie posters get a surround sound system for real that'd be dope you know once your brother moves out shit's going down once we get our own house shit's going down you're not wrong we're not gonna Excuse kick me? my brother out we're gonna like just yeah. make it big on this podcast said, and then he like said he's gonna move out so okay okay no um who built homes are you listening construction <laughs> workers construction workers do you want to sponsor us <laughs> build our house uh what was that dude uh vanilla ice vanilla no, who was it? Was it Vanilla Ice? Oh, no. On Extreme Home Makeover? Yeah. No! His no, but Vanilla Ice, Vanilla Ice also did uh, home repairs and shit like that. Yeah, like minor home repairs. I guess. Oh, my God. Vanilla well, Ice, are you listening? 
What was the other guy? Did you say his, his name? His name is Ty. <laughs> Ty, are you listening? Do you want to move that bus that we'll probably be able to see over? Honestly, <laughs> such the biggest fucking plot hole in that we entire show. We heard you like horror movies, so we put the demon Valak in your room oh to stare at you at god. night. <laughs> oh my god. You have several porcelain dolls because we heard you were scared of Dead Silence and Annabelle, so they're watching you too. I can't. I simply... <laughs> cannot Bro, fucking fear factor for real i cannot <laughs> deal with this but yeah no that's just about as much as i had on annabelle um there was something that you said that i also really liked oh annabelle is also true like that's yeah. what i also liked about it was it was an actual thing i mean not that entire plot with like the pregnant woman and everything like that right right but like Annabelle the doll The doll is a real thing, yeah. Actually real, Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's what I kind of like is that they, some of it's real. It's kind of loosely based on true events. Mm -hmm. And the the movies that I know are in your top three are going to be a little bit more like real. Mm -hmm. But, or top two. But I do like how they kind of mix in like Real events and fake events. Yeah. Yeah. And the nun all within. Crooked man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It seems cool. Mm Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a Quentin Tarantino thing where, like, he jumps Rewrites. in between. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, what is going to be our number three? Our number three is going to be Annabelle Comes Home from 2019. This one is... 2019. The... Why do I keep saying 2000? Weird. What am I? It is 2000. I know, but, like, I stopped saying 2000, like, whatever. Oh, In, weird. like, 2010. <laughs> it's you just weird. It's all coming back. Yeah, no, when I did didn't. you graduate? I said 2011. Well, I used to say, like, 2011. Oh, okay. So Annabelle Comes Home is, this one's completely fictional. So um, this one is the third installment to the Annabelle series. So we're in 1972 where Annabelle resides in the Warren's artifact room. Their daughter's being babysat while they're working a case overnight and uninvited, the babysitter's friend comes over. She wants to speak to her deceased father. So she searches the house for the key to the artifact room. And upon finding it, she sneaks inside, touches everything, and just tries to figure out the best way to contact her father. In doing so, she unlocks Annabelle's case and leaves it unlocked, unleashing the demonic spirit within it. During the night, Annabelle unleashes other spirits, including the ferryman, the bride, a set of possessed samurai armor, a haunted board game, and the black shuck, which I'm sure they put all those in there to kind of give us a little sneak peek at movies coming eventually, maybe. Mm-hmm. So after a long and terrifying night... Do you night, remember what the black shuck was? I'm sorry. No. That's just been eating at me ever since you said it. The black shuck google it you just had your phone open i just did have my phone open hold on let me google that real quick the <laughs> so blank shock. after a long and terrifying night they're able to lock annabelle back in her case and the other spirits return to their resting places the following morning the warrens arrive and are told about the night and lorraine delivers a message to the babysitter's friend from her father so happy ending well the black shuck is like a dog yeah it's like an evil devil dog that's the one that attacks the boyfriend outside ah that makes sense yeah some of them have one eye though some of them have two eyes weird but they're always red. That is the thing that was attacking the boyfriend outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're right. Okay. I like the samurai armor thing, though. That was pretty cool. Just an angry samurai man. <laughs> All right. So tell me about this movie, Rico. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, lay it out for you. One of my favorite ones, like I said. Yeah, it's a good one. It is good. I like it because it's essentially hide-and-go-seek with demonic entities. Yeah. Like, what could go wrong... If shit could go wrong in the Warren's house, you have stupid fucking teens. Yeah. Well, not really teens. It's just one teen 
who just manages to break in. Why would you? Why would you make that a thing? Why would you make a teen break into the fucking Warrens' house of all places to break into? Why? I think because and she didn't even break in necessarily. She, she did. She snuck in. No, because her friend, she showed up to the to the house, and her friend was like, "Oh yeah, you know, like come on in, like it's fine, we'll do homework together." And then she snoops around looking for this. Oh, because everywhere I read it, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that popping sound, but um everywhere i read it says she snuck in as far so, as i remember it you might be right yeah i mean it's just because i remember before she went to go babysitter they were talking about you know oh the spooky house blah mm. blah, blah the ghosts and all this and that so i mean i think it was more so like a teenager because teenagers are fucking stupid dude. right right and there's a thing like bro demon doors that are locked should probably stay locked and i guess she had all good intentions of why she was sneaking into that Warren's house and blah, blah, which we're not going to give the ending away, but it's just like, bro. I already gave the ending away. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, I didn't remember that. My bad. I read the entire plot. My bad. Well, anyway, she goes in looking for like a message or like how to contact her dad or whatever, but bruh, look, do it with a Ouija board. Try your look, luck with that shit. Am I, if I need to contact somebody who is deceased that I love dearly, who I think is in a good spot and a good place in heaven, Am I going to go to the Warren's Occultist Museum? Museum it's not of even the that. Occult. It's kind of like you have like stages, like a chain of command almost. You got mediums. Yeah. But okay, she's a teen. She doesn't have a car. She probably doesn't have a lot of she money. She definitely has a car. She How'd pro- she get to the Warren's house? She probably walked or skateboarded or rollerbladed because she brings rollerblades. Maybe. She can rollerblade her ass to a medium. Fuck. Okay, she could have. But I'm just saying, let's say she doesn't know how to get to a medium. She doesn't have money to pay the medium. Whatever the case may be. Cool. Go get your Ouija board. Okay. After that, you can't found a Ouija board. Too bad. Too bad. Leave it there. Your dad's gone. Sorry, bro. Pray for him. But instead, she just goes all the way polar south and goes to an occult museum, which wasn't even a museum at that point. I mean, it was just their like it was just a home, right? But like they're known to hunt demons. 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 Um. Look. Look, guys. I get it. I really do. But maybe talk to Lorraine first and then be like, hey, All like, right. I don't know. It's just odd. She's a medium. She wasn't doing it for money. She's clairvoyant. In the movie. Yeah. I mean, granted, she was making a, in a lot of money. Life, so. Yeah, in real life she was. But it's just like, bro, why? It's very odd. It is so very like I said, odd. teens are fucking stupid. And then if you're in a haunted museum, again, why would you contact your dead dad? Not only that, why would you fuck with the Annabelle doll? Why would you fuck with the random shit? Yeah. She like she it's not even that she like went in there. She was like, okay, all right. Pen all and this paper, demonic shit. Typewriter. Just no, because the typewriter was haunted too. I know, but no, like she didn't even think like, okay, something my dad could talk to. Like, I'm sorry, do you think your dad is gonna just the voice of your father is gonna come out of Annabelle's well, it's like, porcelain mouth? It's like if you think you're gonna contact your father. Have the one intention on just contacting your father and getting the fuck out of there. No, instead she touches everything. Like, do you think the monkey with the symbols is going to like Morse code a message from your dad? Right. Why would you touch everything? Like, what do you think the samurai armor is gonna do? Your dad is he gonna come does not strike it? me as a Japanese samurai man. Like, anyway, <laughs> it's like going to the grocery store for milk, and instead of buying milk, you buy duct tape and mm-hmm. like construction paper. Mm-hmm. For what? Neither of those things equal A squared plus B squared does not equal C squared at this moment. 
And then, like, the trailer also made it scarier than what it was. I don't remember the trailer. It made it seem like everything in the Warren's house is going to come to life. Kind of like the Scooby-Doo movie. Where all I the fucking villains came just out. just thinking about the Scooby-Doo I know you movie. were. I know. That's why I did it. I did it just for you, baby. I was just out. So it crazy. Just for you. I know. My brain was like, everything came to life. Yeah, like we're married now. Movie. Yeah, we're married now. I have to do these things. Yeah, but I it, it I do find it weird that Annabelle brought everything to life, and then once they put up Annabelle, all of a sudden right. everything. And that's the thing. It's kind of like she was like, well, they always call it, Lorraine always called her the beacon of evil, right? So she was able to bring more evil out of things, which is cool, fine, and dandy. Are you still trying to do ASMR? No, it's fine. Okay. Well... It's like as soon as the parents came or were coming home, Annabelle's like, hey, guys, the parents are coming. Hide. It's like Toy Story. Right. So they all kind of like just stop fucking around. I don't know. Eh, kind of kind of cheesy to me. The voice is kind of weird. It's just painfully cheesy. But it was one of the more memorable Annabelle movies. That's something that I did love about this movie. We remember that bitch pretty fucking good. Yeah. It, it was pretty pretty cool. And another thing is is that like... Out of the three Annabelle movies, mm-hmm. I prefer this one. I mean, yeah. Like, I kind of do, too. I just this, feel like it, it did better. It's not fully about Annabelle. Right. And it was more of like a modern day, like, not even modern, because it was in the 70s, mm-hmm. but more like a modern day, like, what the fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's the thing about, like, movie. so the only Annabelle, just Annabelle movie that I liked was the first one, which is why I came before this one. But mm-hmm. I don't know. The other one was just kind of cheesy. It had too many people and not enough demon for me. Understandable. The ratio was off. So the next one, which is number two, number two is going to be The, the Conjuring 2. All right. So this one came out in 2016. The movie opens to the Warrens in the Amityville Hall. How do you pronounce it? Amity. Amityville. All right. For, during a seance, Lorraine has a vision that she's Ronald DeFeo killing his family. She then sees a creature taking the form of a nun Excuse followed me. by a I'm man sorry. dying. I'm sorry, it's DeFeo. DeFeo, 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 whatever. Um, She then sees a creature taking the form of a nun, followed by a man dying. One year later, in 1977, we're in London, England, where the Hodgson family is being tormented and one of the four children is being possessed by a spirit. Ed and Lorraine Warren are invited by the church to help the family see if this is a hoax or real. After a while, though, it seems to be a hoax, but Ed and Lorraine realize that the spirit is just a pawn for the real demon, the same nun that's been tormenting Lorraine this entire time. Lorraine realizes the only way to get rid of this demon is to say the demon's name, Valak, and condemn it back to hell. After she successfully rids the family of Valak, Ed and Lorraine return home, adding another item to their collection. The Crooked Man, a toy owned by the youngest of the children, is placed near the music box and the Annabelle doll. You'll see in the first one. So, again, this is where we get awesome. Yeah, this one's pretty dope. And I do... Okay, so the thing is... Is it sounds really easy to get rid of this demon. I know a lot of people who haven't seen it are going to be like, all she had to do was say the demon's name. That's easy. The thing was... It's like a jinx. She didn't know that she knew the name. Right. And that's what I love about this movie. Is It has it in so... Everywhere. Like, every, literally, you see it on blocks on her bookshelf in the beginning of the movie. Right. Like, you don't even realize Paperwork it. Paperwork that like falls on the ground and like spells it out for you. And she later Which is realizes, like such a shitty like power... <laughs> Like, Honestly. it's such a shitty kryptonite to have. It's like, yeah, I'm an all-powerful demon. Yeah, I can fuck up everything here. It's like... Yeah, I can kill everybody. 
But my weakness is like, my name is fucking everywhere. <laughs> You're just too stupid to see it. You know who it's like? Who? Rumpelstiltskin. Right. But no. Right. The thing is, is she, the, the name comes to her in a vision and she just scribbles it like in her Bible and she realizes later that that's the name. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was really cool. Which like, had she just went back and watched the movie, she could have seen it everywhere. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just wanted to make jokes with you, my love. Just laugh at me. I am. Anyway, I loved this movie. If I'm being honest with you, this is like I said, one of my favorite movies. It's one of my more memorable movies. It's so good. Like I said, um, so I wanted to get some Ed and Lorraine Amityville stuff going, but we only got a little bit of that, and that's kind of like one of my only downsides to it. But in real life, they actually just went to the Amityville Horror House and were just like, all right, that's enough of that. We showed our face. Yeah, pretty much. Time to come back home. Yeah. Also, in real life, they did the same to this place. Right, right. But the reason that they had the Amityville amityville stuff going on i can uh-huh. never say it it's because this london case was referred to as the london amityville, amityville. case right yeah. and if you look at a lot of the pictures and stuff that happen in the actual like house it's pretty fucking terrifying oh yeah for sure yeah and like a lot of the stuff comes directly from you know the transcripts or recordings of mm-hmm. what they went through and, and that's what i love statements. so a lot of it played back the original audio mm-hmm. and that was just like so scary to me because I, it's shit that like oops sorry i dropped my rock <laughs> <laughs> from your little mini zen garden my mini zen garden <laughs> gotta keep saying some way but um, yeah no it was very heavily like based in truth even though the the warren's kind of presence there was over exaggerated right. the actual case itself wasn't mm-hmm. and then another thing that i really loved about this movie is the crooked man we get the crooked man in this and that's why i was so excited for the crooked man's own movie is because they played it so good they have the little girl going into the tent or whatever with a little like dibbit it's not really a dibbit box but like yeah i know it's essentially something like it where it held the crooked man Mm -hmm. and so it starts spinning and ed's like what and he looks inside and all of a sudden the fucking crooked man comes out of it he's like Mm -hmm. 18 feet tall and terrifying i loved it wild um and then it also introduces us to Valak when Valak was scary. Yeah. And so we, back when, in The Conjuring 2, I guess, in the beginning. This is The Conjuring 2. No. Then which one was it? In the beginning when they're doing the presentation. The first one. At the college? Yeah. The first movie. Okay. So in that one, it's showing Maurice, who was possessed by uh-huh. Valak. And it shows, I think, something happens where Maurice, like, spits onto Lorraine or something like that mm-hmm. and that's when Valak attaches herself well itself to Lorraine okay. and thus this case right and that's what I'm saying like it's just it shows us Valak so much scarier than the nun did and that's something that I loved about this movie that I hated about the nun which is what I explained earlier um and then the little girl is fucking terrifying in that movie the one that was possessed by the yeah. old man that was in the chair that was yeah. possessed by Valak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All that sequence of events. <laughs> the little girl who was possessed by Bill and Bill who was possessed by Valak. Right. Um, the movie did also kind of sort of seem like it had a lot of plots going on at once because they had the daughter. They had Lorraine going through shit. They had Valak. They had the crooked man. They had the girl. They had the house. They had people trying to like say, oh, it's fake. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it just had a lot of like plots going on. 
But at the same time, like, I don't know. For a Conjuring movie, like, that's what I wanted. Not the whole, like, plot situation, but just the fear and everything. The intensity. Right. And by now, if you haven't guessed which movie we haven't said yet, we're going to be stepping into number one. The original, The Conjuring, from 2013. But before we get into that, we have some honorable mentions. Do we? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So this one takes place in 1971. It's the first film in the franchise that introduces us to Ed and Lorraine Warren. And in this movie, Ed and Lorraine help the Perron family. Is that how you pronounce it? Perron? Um, Perron, yeah. Or Perron. Uh, Perrin helps the Perrin family after they move into an old farmhouse and strange things are happening that constantly torment them when the Warrens investigate they discover the whole house has been possessed by an ancient satanic force and it latches onto the family and even terrorizes the Warrens daughter in their own home with Annabelle before Ed decides to perform the exorcism himself without waiting for the Vatican's approval in the end the family is saved and when the Warrens return home Ed places the haunted music box from the parents house in a room full of cursed artifacts that they've collected from past cases that was such a short plot I know that one was so short compared to the rest of them because yeah. this one was the first one that I did <laughs> I was sitting here playing with my zen garden waiting and for that's this it? <laughs> so um like I said it's one of my favorite horror movies um that's why I made number one it's also why I made your number one. Oh, so sweet we were supposed to act like we came up with this list together, my love. Yeah, we did. <laughs> okay. So, um, this movie didn't have a lot of CGI in it. It was actually people getting pushed and pulled around on wires. So, it made it look a lot more authentic. So, whenever you see people getting lifted up in chairs, it's actually somebody there. Whenever you see somebody, like, getting yanked out of a scene, it's actually somebody getting their body fucking zero-G'd out of a fucking screen. Like, it's really good. It's, like, the same shit. Well, not really the same shit, but, like, it's, like, what they used to do with old movies. Like, old demonic movies or, like, you know movies that were made way back when almost i want to say kind of like um what's that movie i said i never watch uh exorcism exorcism right Exorcist. where they got like gymnasts to actually like bend backwards and shit like that which is something that i liked about the second movie remember when that girl like snapped her back yeah that was also really cool i forgot about that scene but um in this one that's just what i loved it looks so authentic to some actual possessions and shit yeah. Which I've never seen an actual possession, but if I did, like I, I think that's assume. what it would be like. Right. Um the movie is very slow paced, yes, but it's not boring and slow. It helps you understand the seriousness of every single scene. So it's not like a drag on and like, oh, it's a lot of um dialogue. Sorry, that's all I was getting at. Um it's it's more like we're breaking down why this is important. So that's something that I also liked. And the last thing that I liked is that it had the clapping game. Oh, yeah. Where the kids would go play hide-and-go-seek and clap. Yeah. So the mom goes down there with the fucking lighter, and all of a sudden she hears... That is terrifying. And the light goes out. No, that shit was fucking you. terrifying. I saw that in the trailers. It was so scary. Saw it in the movie. Way scarier. <laughs> so, I mean, well, it's just everything it promised it would be. You know what I mean? Scary as fuck. Yeah, and I also really like this one because the um, parent family... And Ed and Lorraine actually signed off on this movie. Right. That they were like, yeah, this this is this is our Pretty movie. much, yeah. Yeah, that's how it went. So we do have a couple things. The truth And this be- is before they died, right? Yes. Because they are both yeah. dead now. No. Yeah. R.I.P. So the truth behind the warrants and the Conjuring verse, there are a little bit of controversies. We're not, we're not really going to get into them because we're already 
almost an hour in. So the conjuring itself is based on real events. Like I said, mm-hmm. and even the parent family signed off on the film. But the one thing that didn't actually happen was the exorcism by Ed didn't actually take place. No, because he could not perform exorcisms. Exactly. Because he's not a priest. And Lorraine which Warren is something, said he would never attempt one, which is something that gets played off of in the devil made me do it. Yeah. Cause he didn't want to. Right. He's like, he no, forced. like I can't do that. Yeah. Which it's kind of weird that they would switch it up all of a sudden. But right. Yeah. Right. I mean, so, it does have a lot of plot holes. That is something about the movies or like the, the series of movies. If you don't look at them in the sense of I need to connect all this together, mm-hmm. there's no, you know. It's very seamless. Yes. But if you're looking for plot holes, if you're looking at them kind of individually and trying like to tie them all in. because we had to watch all the movies yes. and do notes on them. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um. The Warren's Museum slash Artifact Room is actually real, and it's located in the Warren's actual home in Monroe, Connecticut. Connecticut, I was going to say Kentucky. (laughs) A priest comes once a month to bless everything in there to keep all the evil at bay. And Annabelle is a real doll. It's actually a Raggedy Ann doll. Mm -hmm. The, you know, general backstory, like, the movies that we see aren't necessarily how things happen. Like, the whole girl murdering her, you know, adoptive parents. That didn't happen. But, um... Annabelle is a real doll Mm -hmm. and the conjuring two is also based on a real haunting. Right. Um, some other things that we actually did not get to throw in here because Connie couldn't find the exact information on it, but I did a little bit of research and watched a lot of other people's stuff and they all, they all seem to agree. Um, the creation of Annabelle was sort of real. Um, not the whole like, oh, we're going to make a doll and the doll is going to be for our daughter and the daughter's what gets, no. So what it was is they got a Raggedy Ann doll for their daughter and the daughter died. So they thought that it was an attachment with the daughter and all these supernatural things started happening. So they were like, oh, that's just our daughter trying to contact us. It's leaving us notes and blah, blah, blah. And asking for permission to move into the doll. Well, it did move into the doll because they allowed permission. That being said, the Annabelle doll was possessed by a demon, yada, yada. Then I think they lose a doll or they give the doll away or something happens. I don't know. And it ends up in the gift shop or like the resale, the shop. resale shop. Yeah. Where a lady, an older lady went to go buy a doll for her daughter who was a nurse. And so for a while, everything was doing, everything was fine. Nothing was going on. And they thought it brought life to their apartment, but really it was getting very possessive over them. So the Annabelle doll did not like people coming over to the house. And so since the boyfriend of the nurse had a key, he would be coming in and out and the doll eventually attacked him with claw marks. That is terrifying. Right. So they got scared. They were freaking the fuck out. They didn't know what to do. They ended up getting a hold of the Warrens. Giving them the doll. And gave them the doll, right? Yeah. Well, they had a priest come in, bless the house. Mm-hmm. They were like, okay, cool. No more, like, creepy shit's going to be happening. But the Warrens weren't happy enough with that. So what they did was they decided, hey, we're just going to go ahead and take the doll off your we're hands. Take this off your hands, yeah. Right. Um, and so what ended up happening was they had the doll in the back of their car, and shit started going sour. Mm-hmm. Like, they were supposed to, like, hit the brakes during certain situations, and the brakes failed. Like, they're supposed to turn during certain situations. The power steering failed. A lot of scary shit was happening. So, what the Warrens did was they started putting holy water around the doll. Thus making it kind of sort of calm down. 
mm-hmm. and stop its like four-year-old temper tantrums. Oh, good God. And yeah, they made it to their occult museum and yep. put her in a box. And now she's living happily ever after. Yep. Despite the rumors that she got away. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And I think the son-in-law, stepson, something like that, ended up taking over after they died. I actually don't know. I didn't look into that. Yeah. Something like that. I think it's stepson or son-in-law, something like that. That's pretty interesting, though. Mm -hmm. So. I did all this this research before. I don't think it's stepson. It's not their son's son, though. That's what I know. They don't have a son. They only have a daughter. Right. But it's like so probably a stepson son-in-law. or son-in-law or something. How like that. would they have a stepson? They never divorced. I don't know. But you know, Ed had his little cahoots. His little side thing, I think. Anyways, so moving on. Um, I think that wraps up our ranked. That wraps up our ranked. So yeah, let us know which one is your favorite. Um, if you want to rank them all, feel free to. But remember, please let us know how you like our episodes. Leave us a review, please make it nice, but feel free to email us at breakoutthepopcorn at gmail.com. Feel free to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at breakoutthepopcorn and on TikTok at breakoutthepopcorn. Feel free to follow us on Twitter at BOTP Podcast. Um, anything else? That should be it. Oh, and also try to get in contact with us for a sticker. Yeah. I think we have at least roughly 50. like 50. Yeah. 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 So out of 100. So they're going quick. Yeah. We've so only just- got, we got them, what, two days ago? Yeah, this weekend. Yeah. So hit us up if you want a sticker. I think we're only keeping like 10 for ourselves. Yeah. As like mementos. And it's backups for something. Right. So yeah. Just let us know. We might even sign them. And (laughs) Connie, Connie, you hear that? Uh oh. What is it saying? It's saying. Wait. I think it said roll credits. I kept my eyes open this time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 